the pandemic swept across the country, sending the population into quarantine, time stood still. The effects on entertainment and marketing were immediate and permanent. Now, in the midst of societal change, it's time to focus on the future. As producers, creatives, and storytellers, we have the ability to be a vehicle for a voice. Vision 2021 bottles this moment in time while empowering people to embrace change and confidently move into the future. So, hang out. We're going to talk to some accomplished friends and colleagues and tell stories, provide some knowledge, and make some predictions. Next up, Rick Luchuk, SVP of Marketing and Brand Standards at CNN. Rick is a three-time Emmy winner, and his day-to-day is anything but routine. He was nice enough to sit down with me just days before the 2020 election, and his insight on the future of marketing, entertainment, and live television made for one of my most interesting interviews today. Check it out. Hello, I am Carson Hood. Welcome to Vision 2021, where we have the pleasure of speaking with some of the brightest minds in entertainment and marketing and focus on what's shaping our future. Joining me today is Rick Luchuk. Rick, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Rick Luchuk. I'm the Senior Vice President of uh, CNN Worldwide and Brand Standards for the same. Thank you for joining me, Rick. Appreciate your time today. Starting off here, let's start off with, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, how did you get your start in entertainment? And what ultimately led you to Atlanta, Georgia, working for CNN? Well, I'll try and keep this brief. Considering I've been in the business for over 40 years, I uh, don't want to go on too long. My interest started actually in high school in a place called North Battleford, Saskatchewan, Canada, which was about 17,000 people when I was growing up, and it's still about 17,000 people. But I was lucky to go to a high school that actually had a television program, which was pretty forward-looking in the 1970s. And that got my interest started. And from there, I started to, you know, really try to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And television was a, was a huge interest. And this is for a kid coming from a place that when I grew up, I had one television station to watch. It was fascinating with it. Ended up going to, to school, started working full time when I was 18 years old in the industry while still going to school. I've been working in it ever since began in operations in a television station, was in a small station in Lethbridge, Alberta. And I wasn't real thrilled with how promos were being done. So in my spare time, I used to cut promos and submit it to the promotion manager. And they started using my work. And from there, I went on and got a job. First job in promotions, as it was all called then, was in 1982. And I've been in promotion and marketing ever since. Went from Small Market in Canada, uh, went up to Toronto, eventually uh, became head of the CTV Television Network marketing group in, in there, established the CTV Creative Agency. We grew into a total of two broadcast networks and I think 36 uh, cable networks. And I oversaw the marketing and creative for all of those. And things changed when we were bought by a different company in 2010. And in 2011, I wasn't happy with my job. And uh, it was actually my wife that spurred me on. And she said, you know, you've been happy every day coming home from work and you're miserable. Do something about it. So I did. Um, uh, the issue I had was I had a non-compete clause in Canada. So I couldn't go and work in the industry in Canada. So uh started looking at uh, probably either coming to the States or going to, uh, uh, to Europe. And a good friend of mine, Lisa Gregorian, at uh, Warner Brothers, I, I reached out to her individually. And she said, just hold on a minute. 
And she said, give me a couple of days. And she came back in a couple of days and said, I think there's a job within our company, Time Warner, at CNN that you should look at. And talked to them. It happened pretty quickly. And 2012, uh, came down to CNN and been thrilled ever since. That's great. 2012, maybe should be noted that was also an election year. What was the state of CNN's brand at that time? And what were your aspirations for it? But it was interesting, and, and it was one of the things that, that attracted me is I, I love brand, and I, I, I didn't think that the CNN brand was as strong as it, as it used to be. It, it felt like it had not fallen in hard times, but, but hadn't reached its full potential. And the main reason that they looked at bringing me in to, to CNN was, was not because of, of my background and what I've done in, in, in news promotion, which I had, but what I've actually done in, in marketing of entertainment channels because CNN was about to launch original series and they were launching this little show called uh, Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown as their first effort. And the marketing team they had at CNN was, was really, the background was strong in news and that's a great thing until you need to launch something like original series. So that was really why they looked to me to, to come in and, and, and fill that role. And that was part of the brand building, was expanding on, on CNN from just being used to, to being uh, storytellers in, in many different ways. What an exciting time. I may be lowballing you here, but to my account, you've launched over 30 CNN original series, multiple films, and promoted a wide range of new shows. Is there a campaign that stands out? And if so, why? Yeah, and it's probably one most people aren't, aren't familiar with. It, it was a go there campaign we did and it, it's one where we think filmed uh Nemel Badre in a, a refugee camp in Greece and tied it into her reporting back uh to Wolf Blitzer in the situation room, just kind of behind the scenes and how that all came together. And, you know, I'm I'm pretty old and jaded about most things, but you know, that was one that, that still I can watch it and it, it gives me goosebumps with, with everything that happened with it. None of it was staged. Everything we did, uh, with Nema, uh, shooting in that camp was real. The people were real. All the situations were real. And it, it really kind of pointed out, uh, what differentiates CNN is the fact we do go there. You know, when you look at most news networks, they don't cover the world and, and go to those places the way CNN does. And, and, and that one was really kind of poignant and I, I think still stands up. You do go there. And when I look at this scene in brand, I think that realness and that live aspect is, is obviously a huge differentiator of your brand and your company. How are you approaching that during the pandemic? What challenges? Obviously, you had a lot of cha challenges arise, but how are you addressing them and keeping that realness factor in the brand? We're, we're having to be flexible and, and we're having to be able to move. And so. You know, how did we take a, a campaign like Facts First, you know, which had a, you know, a, a real reason for being and, and adapt it? You know, six months ago, we didn't think Facts First would be talking about wearing masks and the fact that masks work. But, but looking at those aspects of our brand that, that can be adapted to the situation that we are currently in, we're looking right now at how do we adapt it to talking about voting by mail and, and those sorts of things. So we're always strive to, to make sure that, that what we do in our storytelling is about the truth. It, it is about the facts. It's not about taking a perspective. 
these are the facts about wearing the mask and what they do. We're going to present those facts, and, and it's not about taking a political viewpoint on masks. In fact, we say that wearing masks isn't political. These are the facts about what they do for you, making sure those messages are getting out. I want to kind of keep that in mind, like keeping to the facts and having that as a brand pillar of yours as we move into your approach here. I'm going to read directly from your website. Yes, research and analytics are important, but they shouldn't drive your creative. We believe that great marketing is led by great creative. Execution is critical, but it is pointless without the idea. CNN Creative Marketing is a place where the right brain and left brain work together. Take me through that process. So, you know, I always say there, there's marketing people and, and, and there's uh, creative people. And it, it's difficult to, to get that balance. And I have this fear that many of the groups with, within our industry are moving to the marketing side and letting the marketing brain control what we do too much. And, you know, Analytics are great, but I, I don't think you can do a proper marketing job just by looking at, at analytics. If there has to be an idea that inspires people. Yeah, analytics can tell you where to find the people, but it can't tell you how to find the people. And you can't, it can't tell you how to reach those people once you find them. And that's where that squishy area called creative comes in. And, and marketers who, who need to have things proven to them that they work, can't work in that squishy world of, of creative. And so it's all about making sure that we, we have the people who have that marketing sensibility and the people who have that creative sensibility working together. And, and, and there's always that constant tug between the, the two. What I'm always conscious of when we're doing an off-channel buy is while I want to understand what, what a good place to reach the potential viewers are, I want to make sure that, that we have creative that works to it. And, you know, you can buy a billboard in, in Times Square, but if it's for something where you can't really do a creative that comes across in that kind of format, then you shouldn't use it just because it's a place to reach it. So we always look at getting the creative going first before we start doing our external marketing buys and, and, and how we do that. Does that make a little bit of sense? It certainly does. And, and I, I'm, a, I'm appreciative of that because I'm one that feels like Good is good. If you're telling a good story and you're putting out good work, then it will succeed. It will perform for you. And I think that's essentially the, the stance you're taking there. How does that process change when it comes to marketing a news program versus originals versus film versus digital? Do you change it at all? And if so, how? Yes. Um, you know, each, each original. Uh, stands on its own, and, and each original is, is a little bit more complicated. And the reason we do originals is because they bring potentially new viewers to CNN who may not normally come. So we, we are able to reach a broader audience with our original. So we have to focus on reaching those people in places not on CNN. When it comes to our news programming, largely, you know, we can reach uh, a big enough audience between our CNN broadcasts and our digital reach to reach potential news viewers. We do extend it outside. So in most cases with our news programming, we are talking to people who are already familiar with CNN and understand what CNN has a perception of it. When it comes to talking to people for original series, 
we're largely talking to people who may not have come to CNN in the last month or two or six months. And so they need to really kind of understand more about it. And there's, there's a bigger explanation and a heavier lift to do it. Films is a totally different thing because each film stands on its own. And we don't really generically promote CNN films. Uh, we do do image campaigns for CNN originals because they do all kind of work together. But each film is like a, a separate uh, entity, a, a separate topic. And, and, you know, how we promote a film on John Lewis is very different than how we promote a, a Apollo 11, you know. So we have to take each of those as, as a standalone and, and it becomes a heavier lift. Certainly. CNN has a reach of over 328 million viewers across linear and digital. You've talked a lot here about reaching those viewers and in different places. Can you tell me your approach to 360 marketing? We don't try and, and, and lump it all together. When we talk about CNN, there are so many different ways to consume CNN. We have people who consume CNN on a daily basis but never turn on this, the, the television and watch CNN in its linear format. We have, uh, you know, uh, on a good day, we will reach a few million people, unique uh, people, to linear television. It's a little harder to, to actually uh, quantify that because of the way that the television ratings are. But on digital, right now, we're averaging just domestically, just in the United States, uh, between 30 and 40 million unique viewers on a daily basis. So far more people are consuming uh, CNN on a digital format. And you go beyond that, our, our feeds for on Twitter. And, and you know, we put news out on Twitter. We put news out on Facebook. CNN and CNN Breaking News are two of the top three news uh, Twitter feeds out there. And so all of those... We look at all of that as being CNN. It's, it's not about what you see on your television set necessarily. And we just want people to consume it. There are also different age groups. You know, CNN gets progressively younger as you go to new and new, newer and newer, uh, ways of, of consuming CNN. So we have to look at everything we do and we do some promotion for digital that is just aimed at the digital viewers. We do some promotion that tries to take those people who experience digital and have them watch, for example, you know, uh, we're talking on, on the, the day that we're having a town hall with, uh, with Joe Biden. So we want people who are consuming on digital to watch that probably on linear, but we also have ways they can watch that on digital. Mm-hmm. Um, so all kinds of things. And, and yeah, some of it is on demand. We have different ways you can watch CNN on, on demand as well. It's very nuanced and, and very complicated, but to us, a reader or a viewer is, is, is the same regardless of where they consume CNN. Certainly. How much of this is discussed going back to that original just creative first process? When your team is pitching creative, are you discussing how that looks across each platform or just saying story first? Uh, it, it's story first. You know, we typically, let's take an original series, when we're going up and, and pitching to Jeff Zucker and uh, Alison Gallus and Amy and Tellis uh, for launching an original series, we're taking them different television spot ideas 
and we're taking them uh, different creative art ideas at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so we, we look, you know, and out of, you know, the, the key art, uh, a lot of your other uh, kind of advertising is going to go. So we, we typically do that because we don't want to just take television spots and adapt them to key art. They, mm-hmm. they can be very different animals. So we want that thinking and that direction settled early on before we chase things. Does the political climate affect your approach at all? We sharpen and make sure we're, we're buttoned down, you know, in, in, in everything we do. Something that's, that's quite different, that CNN is different than most other news networks and is definitely different than doing this job for an entertainment network is we have rigorous standards and practices. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that the message we are putting on meets those standards of, of CNN. There is, you know, an unspoken model at, at CNN that it's more important to get it right than, than, than get it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't rush to do things. And we have to make sure that we aren't doing things that are in any way mis- misleading in what we are doing in our messages. We have to make sure they are correct. And it is really important when you're doing a television promo that you do that because that's going to be repeated you know, potentially hundreds of times and you can't have a mistake repeated hundreds of times. We're not perfect. Uh, we've had to, you know, occasionally pull back a promo and make a change to it because something's come to light. But we, we strive to make sure that what we are doing is factual in, in how we market. We, we don't try and skate around the edges. Mm-hmm. What does the future look like for CNN? You, you, congratulations, by the way, you just launched the serious partnership uh, with podcasting this week, yesterday, I believe it was. So, you know, the media brand that is CNN continues to expand. And in today's time, like you were just mentioning this massive amount of years that are going to digital and launching on different platforms. What does the future of the brand look like? Where do you see it going? It's going to continue to, to evolve. And, and to be quite honest, we, we're not sure where it's going to go. Uh, a lot will d- depend on the results of uh, the upcoming election, you know, what we will be doing. Uh, in the upcoming year, a lot will depend on what happens with this pandemic in, in what we will look like and, and what we will cover, uh, going forward and, and how the brand evolves. Now, we do know original series is a big part of our future. Films is a big part of our future. Our core news coverage is a big part of our future, but we, we're not so precise that we know where the brand's going to be five years from now. You know, we, we know where we are today is not where we're going to be in five years, but it, it's going to be an evolution like it always has been, uh, not a revolution, but that evolution is moving faster and faster, and you have to be nimble to adapt to it. I would think that the news component has a lot to do with that, let's say, inability to plan. You know, a lot of these streaming giants and super systems can plan five years down the road, right? Because they don't have a live news component to to deal with or that is such a major part of the, the brand. So how big of a factor does the live portion of uh, this play into that? It, it's a huge part. It's, it's also a huge advantage for us. Mm-hmm. Um, independent research has shown that, that the, the main reason people are still paying for cable and still doing, you know, Doing that is because of number one, live news. They, they can't get live news through, through streaming sources in, in the same way. 
and they want to have that and they want to have options in their news. And the problem is, you know, getting into streaming services, you're usually limited, even if, you know, if Peacock stream MSNBC, well, that's great if you only watch MSNBC, but very few people do that. So people want the variety that they get. And, you know, number two is sports. So news and sports are, are really kind of the lifeblood of, of why cable still exists. And that's a huge advantage for us uh, in this world right now. What are you most excited about in the future? And I saw you're drinking out of the Master's Cup. I, too, am looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm going to keep this in the marketing realm. In the marketing realm, we have a, a big slate of original series for, for next year. We, we didn't do as much original series this week, and I'm really looking forward to getting back into that. Uh, we've got a series with Stanley Tucci that exploring uh, food in Italy, which I think is, is going to be a lot of fun to work on. I love a lot of our history projects, like we've got one on Lincoln coming for, for next year. It's kind of finding those ways of, of how do you market a series about Lincoln. And there's been so much stuff on Lincoln. And this is going to be not an entertainment series. It's, it's, it's going to, to, to be factual. What's a different way that you, you make something about Lincoln stand out? Those things are, are really kind of exciting to, to look at. All right. When it, here it goes. This is one of the biggest questions I like to ask on Vision 2021. Any predictions for the future? What does the future of entertainment and marketing look like, in your opinion? Any trends you want to say you think are going to happen? Any new technologies? Your choice. I'm not going to talk, talk about technologies because that's way out of my uh, my comfort zone. I think there's going to be some difficult times ahead, uh, particularly in the next 10 years as things adapt to more OTT cable having having a tougher time i think we're going to go through a lot of changes in the in the industry but i think for people who work in our part of the industry we may have to go to different places to do our work but the need to to market these services is always going to, to be there um, i think we're going to need to be flexible we're going to need to to be prepared to to Go to different places. Uh, we may not need to because we're able to work from home, but we're going to, to need to, to be really flexible and ready to adapt and not hold on to old ideas and always know that there's going to be a need for what we do. It just may be for different services. I like that answer a whole lot and, and agree. I'm one that think that strategy uh, continues to become more and more important, that people are doing so and need to do so, double down on your strategy. Um, Rick, those are the end of my questions. You're off my hot seat. 